0: Welcome to the Hallmarkies Podcast. We are really excited today to be here to talk with another uh, another author. We love talking to authors. And today we are talking with author Melody Carlson. And this is really exciting uh, to get a chance to talk with her. I am film critic Rachel Wagner. And Jess is here. Hey, guys. And Melody, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yes. So what people might not understand is this is actually... (laughs) Our second time to talk with Melody. And previously, last month, we had a surprise interview with <laughs> Robin Jones' gun. And uh, that was, we weren't expecting that. And uh, that was something that you uh, arranged for us and was really a, a fun surprise. And why don't you tell Mel- Melody, why don't you tell everybody what happened?
1: Well, we were having wildfires here. They were actually in an area that we don't usually have wildfires. We're kind of used to them, but the smoke turned direction and just blew hard on us. And our AQI, which is air quality count, was up in the 700s, which is really considered almost lethal. And we're actually, we're living in an apartment above our kind of barn, we call it a barn, because we're getting ready to build a house. So it's kind of tight quarters anyway. Mm -hmm. So my husband had the window open. (laughs) And the day I was supposed to do it, my voice it sounded like Kermit the Frog. No, it's, it was worse. It sounded like a real frog. And my eyes were just pouring out water. And we were getting ready to leave because it, was, it just felt like, you know, you could die here. And so I called my good buddy, Robin John, who's in Maui where everything's all wonderful. <laughs> and because uh, I didn't have the number of the podcasters I didn't have the publisher it was too late to call them because they're on the east coast I'm on the west so yeah I kind of pulled a fast one on you guys <laughs> figured,
0: yeah it was really a, a fun experience because she was delightful and uh and we were just like okay
2: pivoting pivoting to a totally yeah. Different interview. <laughs> yeah and as I, pro- I probably talked about this when we interviewed Robin but I grew up reading Robin's uh, book. So I I knew immediately, as soon as I saw her pop up, I'm like, I know who this is. And I was like, well, that's not Melody.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that was very nice of you above and beyond uh, to to, to do something like that. I mean, you wouldn't have been, if you had uh, stood us up, you wouldn't have been the
1: first. Uh, So (laughs) Uh, that was very nice. Her path, so she somebody has to step in for me. She's a good one, <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, good choice. <laughs> well, we're glad to finally get a chance to talk with you now. And uh, so, what we like to do with our authors is we like to ask, you know, just your, what was your uh, journey to becoming a writer? Uh, did you write a lot growing up? Was it was something you always wanted to do,
1: yes. Um, I I remember writing from like really the earliest age. I mean, before I should even have been able to read. And in kindergarten, I had an older sister and she was having a hard time in school. So my mom would do flashcards and stuff with her. And so I kind of learned before my sister did how to (laughs) write. So I would write these little books and and draw illustrations and staple them together. And I mean, and then I would just always like stories were going through my head. I can remember sitting on the swing set and just, doing, you know, sort of story songs as I swung back and forth and just, it just was part of my life. And all through school, teachers would often say, oh, you're such a good writer, you know, you should write. And even in college, I would, you know, if I had a choice between, you know, taking a true false test or, you know, essays, always go for the essays, because even if I did what I was talking about, I could make them believe that I did. (laughs) I'm the
0: same. I would always prefer an essay over, yeah. uh, oh, because I second guess myself a lot with multiple choice. Like, I think I, I know, and then, oh, I don't know. And yeah. People
1: it's bad. do that. You can see other things. You're like, well, it could, you know. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. They trick, and they trick you a lot of yeah. times.
1: Yes. With those yeah. tests.
2: So you've written over 200 books, which, for starters, is incredibly impressive. Um, How do you kind of come up with your ideas and keep them fresh after so many?
1: Well, I hope they're fresh. I mean, (laughs) who knows? Um, (laughs) I think ideas are just as limited as people on the planet. And I'm thinking, you know, past, present, future. It's like if any person, if I sat down with them long enough, I think a, a story would kind of pop up. And it might not be the most entertaining story or it might be, you know, and I, and I just find people fascinating and I like to do stories that, you know, really devolve, involve characters and getting to know them and just, you know, peeling back layers of people. And so to me, you know, you could probably challenge me to write about anything and well, maybe not science fiction, but <laughs> 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 you never know. Yeah. I, you- I have historical all everything. Yeah.
0: That's cool. Would you say you're a pantser or a plotter?
1: Oh, definitely a pantser. In fact, I felt like I invented that term 25 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember saying it when we were at a, a conference and then I started hearing it after that all the time. Probably somebody was saying it before that. but yeah. And I also yeah. had it where somebody asked me, how do you write? I write really fast and how do you write fast? And I said, I use a BIC. And they go, BIC? You know, what's that? And I said, I used a but I said behind in chair, B-I-C. Oh. <laughs> Just, you know,
0: chair. Yeah, they're, they're like, what app is that? I've got to find that.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. Over the years, which is funny. But I thought I what made was, it
0: up. What was your very first book that you ever, uh, ever got published?
1: Ironically, it wasn't fiction. Um, I was working with an editor who loved my fiction. And I think I'd written about well, maybe five books, some for teens, some for women. And it was at a time when the the publishers weren't that interested, the inspirational houses weren't that interested in fiction. And and she said, can you just write a nonfiction book about anything, anything that you know? And uh, I had just been running a group home daycare center and I had taught preschool for, Quite a few years and i said and my group on daycare center had been really successful and so i said what if i do that and so i put a together proposal they bought it and that was the first thing i got published which there is funny i've never it was a how-to book and i haven't written a how-to book since and hope i never have to <laughs> but yeah, it, hey, it
0: gets you in the door right yeah.
2: yeah yeah hey so you've written then you know for kids teens and adults do you kind of have a favorite group that you write for a favorite category?
1: Not really because I always feel like whatever I'm working on is kind of my favorite thing. I mean, what I love about writing for teens is I get to be a little more real and relevant. What I like about women's fiction is it gives me a chance to sort of relax a little bit more, have a little more fun, you know, just escape reads and and or historicals or things that I wouldn't necessarily do with teen fiction and then and I do I books for tweens too, which is a little bit different too and it's still a little more playful and you, you try to do what you think they want you know what given what is going to you know make their day a little bit better is, is kind of I think but yeah so what I'm working on it's my favorite thing <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah you're really thinking about the audience uh, that you're writing for and what you think they might like as you're coming up with the story
1: I, I try to I try to keep them in mind. I don't write down to like if I'm running to tweens or teens though I don't think you know these guys are younger. I mean in fact some of my teen books I think grown ups wouldn't like <laughs> i mean because <laughs> just a little too you know hard and and you know dealing with topics that you know a lot of grown ups just don't even really want to think about so that's interesting mm-hmm. uh and
0: if i I think that a lot of times stuff that's not really tailored especially for those tweens, like you said, that age, I feel like a lot of stuff is, is they end up, they end up with a lot of stuff that's made for people older or people way younger then, but there's not as much that's carefully made for, for like the, t- you know, 10 to 13 year olds. I feel like are the, the ones that get kind of lost
2: mm-hmm.
0: in, in the, uh, yeah. in, in everything.
2: Yeah. They're kind of lopped in that sort of young adult category. Yeah. Not, they're not quite there <laughs> yet. <laughs>
1: I, I totally agree. I did. I just finished a series called, um, being Zoe and I can't remember the name of the first book. Um, but it was for tweens it is for tweens and it's just, it's just a gentler kinder, but it has, you know, it has things that are contemporary in it. And the, the little girl, that's the main character, you know, she's got kind of a crazy mom who wants to go be a rock star. So she j- dumps Zoe with her grandparents and the grandparents are fun, but kind of goofy and, and it's just her trying to create a new life in a new town and and it's just, it's, I wouldn't write something like that for teens, but it was perfect for tweens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: What percentage, are, do all of your books contain romance or is there uh, I mean obviously
1: it's young love if it is, but or it, it, does it just depend? It just depends. Um, it seems like most of the contemporary women's does. I don't it wasn't always like that. Like if you go to some of my older books, oh, there might be like a thread of romance. You know, it's ironic because I won um, the Rita award, the romance writers award um, in 1998, which tells you how old I am, but uh, <laughs> well, no, it doesn't. because <laughs> You just experienced, you're experienced. <laughs> but I was, I was pretty new in the whole thing. And, 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 To be honest, I hadn't really read romance books, and I, to me, I thought a romance book was a love story. I mean, is it? You know, in my mind, it was the same thing. And the book that I wrote was called Homeward, and it won. And after it won, somebody came up to me, who's a good friend now, but she came up to me and looks me right in the eye, and she goes, "You shouldn't have won that." And I'm like, "Oh, (laughs) why?" (laughs) My award and she goes because that was not a romance she goes you don't you don't even know what a romance novel is and i was kind of like it was a love story she goes that's not a romance so then i started doing a little more research and realized there is a difference there's a little bit of formula to romance that i did not really get i mean like one of the things you know they the hero and heroine are supposed to meet you know like in the first chapter and mine didn't meet till practically the end of the book so i i got what she was saying Mm -hmm. so i've written a lot like that and I have done a few that were actually work for romance lines that were the um, suspense ones, and um, it was almost too formula for me. I finally just had to to bow out. I did can't remember it was three or four books for them, and I just the having to do it that way was was hard, and my mind didn't really want to work that way. I, I love the idea of romance, but I like a love story
0: yeah that that's really interesting first of all that somebody would would feel comfortable enough saying that uh <laughs> and that uh and that they would be so rigid in their own uh in their own genre that you know only the specific formula is allowed
1: to count mm-hmm. and you know it changed in the in the years following that and i actually was nominated again and then i and i kind of felt guilty and so the third year i just didn't I didn't even join (laughs) and didn't I didn't want to you know I didn't want to offend anybody but in years after that it really did start to change because there was I think a broadening of minds which
0: yeah mm -hmm. (laughs) trailblazer
1: yeah (laughs) great that's great Uh,
0: well what do you think makes for good romance in your in your mind Uh, however
1: you want to choose to define it that's a good question um well I think it it takes a, you know, a strong hero and a strong heroine character. Um, you know, it's probably the same thing that any good story has. It, it takes, you know, some problems, some challenges, some misunderstandings, some compassion, some grace. You know, it's kind of, it's like a formula, but, but, it's, but it's like, it's, well, it's a recipe. It's not a mm-hmm. formula, it's a recipe. Mm-hmm. It, you know, these all contain different things. You know, some have a little more spice and salt, and some have a little more sugar and honey, and, you know... <laughs> but I think think just having those characters in my mind being people that I like or I'm interested in or could admire you know and still have their faults I don't want them to be perfect but
2: um so you've had one book become a Hallmark movie um all summer long and we on the podcast had Beth Grossband on and she said that you pitched the book to, to Hallmark is that accurate
1: Yes. Yeah. I, well, I pitched it through her. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, um, that was fun. We, we had had a lot of almosts with them cause I do, you know, Christmas book every year and I just kept thinking not, not just me, I get letters from people every year when my Christmas books come out. Why is that not a Hallmark movie? <laughs> like, yeah. but, um, there, yeah. Of course everybody thinks that so Hallmark has, you know, a mountain of scripts piled up of Christmas movies. And yeah. um, so that's why I said, Let, well, let's pick one of your other books. And we went with some books. And then um, after the success of that one, actually, I'll show you this one. I, this was my novel this year. I can see it very well. It's got a really cute cover. It's called Happy Camper. And I was writing it kind of as – the homework one was getting ready to go on production. So I thought, I'm just going to do, I'm going to adapt my own script. So I went ahead and adapted that into a screenplay and kind of got it done oh, towards the end of about this time last year. Mm-hmm. And um, immediate interest in it had three different people that were, including Beth, that were interested in it. And things were starting to move along. And then in March, COVID happened. <laughs> and it just, Brakes on everything and mm-hmm. I was starting to adapt some others with the hopes that you know we could keep the ball rolling but I mean the ball stopped rolling for everybody so yeah and, but I do I do have hopes that maybe there'll be another one who knows then yeah. I'll get to do another one I guess so.
0: hopefully yeah that's hopefully how did you feel about <laughs> how did you feel about the movie how it turned out what did you think
1: well you know movies are different than books and to be honest, I'm not like the Hallmark movie expert. I've I've seen a lot of them, and um, I I felt like I felt like it's it stood on its own. You know, I th- you know stood up to the other Hallmark movies pretty well. But I'm not the best critic. You guys probably are. But um, I got to go up there and spend some time on the boat, and I fell in love with the boat. I mean, for me, it was a romance with the boat. <laughs> it was the most mm-hmm. beautiful boat. <laughs> And I I loved the actors that were in it. And I think everybody did a fabulous job. And the script was different than my book. And probably, you know, being an author, you know, that's the thing that kind of always, well, you know, I don't really know why you changed, you know, this or that. But they they explained, you know, their reasons. And I get that. But that did also make me want to do my own adaptation, knowing the rules, you know, and Mm -hmm. having more of a creative hand in it. So that Mm -hmm. that was a good Mm -hmm. learning.
0: They gender swapped the characters, right?
1: Right. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: You know that was fine, mm-hmm. but I, I liked the way it was with my book <laughs> because, yeah. I like, you know, the, the woman as the chef, she was a strong woman as the chef. You know, to go in and take that whole thing on, and in my book, she was actually she was in charge of because her aunt knuckle got sort of waylaid because he got hurt and everything, so she became in charge of putting that whole thing together so it wasn't like she was being a wimpy woman (laughs) but um but the gender swap was fine
0: yeah i mean it's got to be hard when you have your your book babies and uh (laughs) then turning them over to to other other people
1: Yeah. And I knew that going in and I was like, I kept telling myself, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. And it really, it was, it was fine. And, but like I said, it did make me think, I think I can do this because I had written some scripts already and I had adapted a couple of things already. So it wasn't that I didn't know how, it's just, I didn't have time at the time it was happening. Yeah. So mm-hmm.
0: how How much do you write? What's your word
1: goal every day? it's kind of I I say it's kind of like a regular business day when I'm in like on deadline I I get it into my office you know kind of nine-ish and everything's a little bit different right now because like I said we're living in these apartments and it's different I don't have my regular studio so it's not as inviting to go down into the dark dungeon which is really the book storage room (laughs) (laughs) with no windows yeah yeah But, um, so I, I kind of get, do my business, you know, my emails and things like that. And then I get into writing usually an hour later and, and put in like probably a good six hours, you know, taking a break in between. I used to do, you know, like eight hour days, but as I get older, I think six hours is just fine. And, and I'm not doing as many books a year as I used to do either. So I have a little more flexible schedule.
2: Well, let's segue into your book for this year, um, which came out last month, I believe, um, The Christmas Swap. And so tell us a little bit how you got the idea for that, or just kind of how you got started with that book.
1: Yeah, I'm not even sure exactly where the idea came from. I think it was just, you know, you hear so much about people doing, you know, the vacation swaps and things like that. And I've kind of, I've wanted to do that before, but just the timing has never been quite right for us. And, And we live in a place where people would come because it's kind of a, it's a mountain kind of resort area that has forest fires, (laughs) but, um, but not in the wintertime and we get snow and it's real pretty and everything. And, and I've thought, and we used to have a house that looked very much like a cabin. And I used to think this would be a good place to swap, except that I love being in it at Christmas time. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought but what if somebody lived in Arizona, you know, and it was down the, the heat and they just really wanted, you know, to, to do the swap. And then what if they got up there and the guy that was swapping suddenly didn't want to swap because this one particular girl really caught his eye. So this was kind of written almost more like a real romance formula. where they yeah. met on, Although mm-hmm. they didn't exactly click. I don't know. Maybe they did. But um, so, yeah, I just thought that that's a fun thing to play with. You know, these, and he's a, uh, um, songwriter who's is very successful but you know as many songwriters are they're not that well known but they can get very wealthy if they're working with the right people right. and so he had and and he was also a good musician and the the gal that is the other part of the story his name's west and her name's emma and she was she's a um, teacher kind of a sub sub teacher and her parents were off in africa and she's lonely and she's also a musician and really was hoping to you know pursue a musical career which had nothing to do with them getting together that kind of comes out later in the story
2: mm-hmm. yeah that but surprised it, me because i thought it was going to be the driving force but yeah it really wasn't
1: yeah and i was kind of glad it wasn't because i think that might have felt a little too opportunistic on her part to she'd known who he was mm-hmm. That's but true. then it's all kind of too, not knowing that you know he was really prince charming or or that she yeah i don't know that fun. It was fun playing with it and the characters. And and I I liked the setting of Breckenridge.
0: Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Did you have any particular inspiration for Emma and West? Are Are they based on anybody that you know or anything like that?
1: Not really. I think they're probably composites. There's people that are in them. Like my sister is someone who started pursuing a musical career kind of late in life and she plays with a group and she's got some, some songwriter friends so I kind of hear that from her I but just I and I I live in a town where we have a lot of musicians and we have well normally but we didn't this year have what what's a pretty world-renowned folk festival so there's a lot of people who live here that are into that sort of thing and so yeah I guess there is that around here that mm-hmm. I kind of pay attention to and I'm involved with but
0: Do you think think about, like, maybe an actor that you think, uh, oh, this person could play, like, oh, I'm thinking of, uh, I don't know, Leonardo DiCaprio when I'm writing a character or whatever, or is it just totally your own, uh, your own vision?
1: You know, sometimes I will do that when I'm having a hard time actually kind of physically seeing them. And I'm trying to remember if I had one for West. Was it like a Matthew McConaughey? <laughs> or,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. I can see that.
1: I, it was probably something like that. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. I, 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 got a, I got some McConaughey vibes uh, <laughs> from him.
2: <laughs> I could totally see him in, in the Hallmark world as like a Tyler Hines kind of character.
0: Yeah. I yeah. Agreed.
1: Yeah. And they could just
2: put their hands on him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe with- old man. Mm
0: -hmm. So are you a big, would you say you're a big uh, holidays person, a big Christmas person?
1: I have been, you know, when my kids were younger, of course, I would, you know, just put everything out just bring out all the trimmings and, and do all the, just everything that was traditional because, you know, I grew up in a home that had a single mom and just one sister and my mom really didn't care much. She was a teacher. So she spent all her holiday energy, with her first grade class which i love that she did that but at our house we had a, a foil christmas tree
2: that oh really
1: right. so those are like really
0: retro now
1: he still has it
0: yeah yeah you're probably you probably uh there'd probably be a hipster uh like yeah. antique store that would want it
1: yeah <laughs> I bet you my niece might have it. I don't know, because she's really a hipster. But um, the saving grace for us was that we had grandparents who did the whole works. You know, they, they were the old-fashioned. They lived in a Victorian house, had the big tall tree, did everything. You know, my grandpa pretended like there really was Santa Claus, even though I knew by then that there wasn't. But he convinced me that the ranger were on the roof, you know, thing. and the big turkey and just everything. So we got that from them. But our home was a little bit stark. So I probably tried to act more like my grandma with my kids, Mm yeah. (laughs) given the whole works.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Reading the book, um, his his house, West house, it seemed more like the Hallmark movie was like all decked out and nice and things like that. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, Yes. I was probably thinking this could be a Hallmark movie. (laughs) Yeah.
2: It definitely had a Hallmark vibe, I thought. And I I think there was even a reference at one point to a Hallmark. Like it mentioned something about a Hallmark movie somewhere in the book. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think somebody thought the house looked like it was well, he had you know just done that um, a music video, Christmas music video for the I can't remember the guy's name, guy something, that was the musician that he was working with. So it was all decked out for the guy's music video, and he left the decorations thinking that his family was coming, but they had other plans.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah,
1: the house actually
0: almost becomes sort of a character in the story. Did you have a particular house in mind when you were when you were creating it?
1: Probably it was a combination. You know, where I live, there are houses like that. There, you know, we don't live in one, <laughs> but there are some multi-million-dollar lodges around here that I've been in that are gorgeous and that yeah. have you know the craftsmanship that is just amazing. And and we have driven through Breckenridge, and I there was a few of those houses there too. A few more actually than we have here in our little town. Yeah, I've been through some of those.
2: um So where'd you get like the idea for Jillian and Harris as characters? Because Jillian is is quite quite the character. She is she's something. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she's easy to hate to dislike. <laughs> but you kind of like, you get glimpses of who she really is. I mean, obviously she's kind of a spoiled entitled brat. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, but I think the interesting is that she and Emma have been friends this whole time. And the reason that they were friends was, you know, things that happened early in the childhood where Jillian really just took over Emma and was just, you know, in her bossy, big sisterly way. You know, I think probably part of Jillian thought that Emma was her puppet, you know, as some people that have, you know, more money and see somebody that looks a little, you know, needy or whatever, (laughs) But, um, but I like Jillian too. I mean, even though, like I said, she's easy to dislike. I, I there were things like, I almost think that Jillian could have a book too. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. around yeah. Uh, or even her brother, uh, Grant, cause I end up feeling very sorry for him cause he's just kind of like stuck in the, in the middle of all this mess. <laughs> and
1: he <laughs> like, kind of became a good sport about it too. Yeah. Is <laughs> it being a little bit helpful?
0: Do you think it's tough to keep Wes likable given that he's lying to Emma this whole time?
1: You know, people ask me that too, that I, the editors actually asked me that when we were, you know, when I turned it in <laughs> and I was like, it is hard. And I went over the book kind of carefully to see is, you know, is he really lying to her? Cause he wasn't, he didn't actually, well, he said he's the caretaker, but in, in his mind, he was the caretaker. It's his house. Yeah. doesn't <laughs> like care- lie by omission. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> um, yeah. that its That's a tightrope walk. And I just hoped that they would forgive him because he was so in love with her. Like, I think he fell in love with her that really almost immediately, which was another thing that the editors weren't buying into. But you know what? I'm married to a man for 42 years who fell in love with me before I even knew his name. I mean, mm-hmm. it can happen. Yeah. Yeah, And he'll tell you that. I mean, he'll tell you the whole story and, and he's, he still is. <laughs> Bless his heart.
0: Yeah. But- I and mean, when, when you know, you know, my cousin, uh, she met her husband uh, in March of 2001 and they got married in June and uh, that year. And then, uh, and then they've been married and they're still marrying all these years later. I mean, sometimes it's just, sometimes you go on, sometimes you know, when you know, you know.
1: I know. And see, I'll tell you guys a secret. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I first, my first, when I sent it to Anne, I had him propose to her at the end of the book. Uh-huh. And the editors were just like, no, that's too soon. That's too fast. That couldn't happen. But I think it could happen. But I was like, okay, fine. And I took it out. <laughs> Then the funny thing was um, Christian com asked me to write kind of a surprise ending that they would include in their version. I don't know if you guys have that version or not So I ended up kind of rewriting the chapter again <laughs> that I had taken out only made it, I think I made it more, it was at New Year's. So not on Christmas. And so they had a whole nother week to fall in love, but um no, I probably gave away too much, but um, well, something surprising <laughs> happens in that.
0: And spoiler alert: They fall in love. This is a shocker. <laughs> yeah,
1: you know, if it was a Hallmark movie, that would never happen. <laughs>
0: there, there's, there's a few where they, uh, I mean, they've actually tried to sort of move away from the, the, these, the, the proposals. It, unless there's, the, they usually try to do it as like an epilogue. Uh, so mm, there'll be yeah. like a year that's gone by Sometimes or something person. like that. But uh, it depends on the yeah. story. It depends on. Yeah, color. it's always. Or fun. they'll have
2: like in a sequel or like a trilogy. It's kind of yeah. becoming, I think, a pattern that they're doing with more and more. Right. As well. Yeah.
0: yeah. But now we gotta find that other copy of the book because yeah. we didn't get that <laughs> ending. <laughs> so, would you personally would you rather have the Arizona Christmas or the uh, White Christmas with the snow?
1: Well, being that I've lived in snow country for more than 25 years and then we've had all those white Christmases, there's times in my life that I might have gone for the Arizona one, (laughs) Yeah. like three feet of snow and we couldn't get a Christmas tree because they were all sold and you couldn't get out to the woods because the woods, you couldn't, you just couldn't, you know, the vehicles wouldn't go. So there's probably been a few times that, you know, Arizona, Maui kind of sound good. Yeah. (laughs)
0: yeah yeah in the world of hallmark you're not allowed to have christmas in warm climates but uh <laughs> but but i personally wouldn't mind
1: it myself just um, you know maybe one you know just to see yeah I don't know. but I'd, I'd be worried that i'd get there and i wouldn't feel christmassy <laughs> Then then what do you do
2: Yeah, yeah, I think yeah for me it's like my idea of Christmas is very attached to the idea of snow and cold. Although I live in Indiana, so usually at Christmas we don't have an actual snow, but by then it's usually a dusting on the ground. But Mm -hmm. Lifetime has done a
0: few that are in warm climates. They're they're crazy like that for their Lifetime, (laughs) but uh well very cool well we really enjoyed reading the book and so thank you for uh letting us read it and uh but we have some fun questions some holiday questions to uh to end off the interview with for you so uh all right so the the first question is what is your favorite
1: holiday drink i really do like eggnog Mm -hmm. i know not everybody does but i do i like custard too so that would explain why i like eggnog
0: yeah (laughs) Me too.
1: Um, What is your favorite holiday cookie or treat? I gosh, I'm going to sound so boring, but I really like a good homemade, old-fashioned sugar cookie that's really Mm -hmm. good. You Mm -hmm. know, with vanilla and butter, and no, don't give me any of that store-bought stuff. (laughs) 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 I can make a pretty good one too. Yeah, yeah. A little bit of crisp, and a little bit of moist, and a little bit of decoration.
0: So that's all about the icing to me. It's got to have good yeah. icing. And,
1: and I like to make them pretty too, you know, just, yeah. yeah.
0: A lot of times the pretty ones though, they don't have as good a icing.
1: Well, they have a little less and I've, I've played a little bit with using some pastel icing, which doesn't sound that Christmassy, but like you can do like a pale blue, blue snowflake on a sugar cookie. with Oh yeah. Some, it's really pretty. Mm-hmm.
0: That sounds good. Uh, do you have a
1: favorite Christmas song or carol? Oh boy. Um, I like a lot of them. I mean, I, just, I like the old standards, the joy to the world, and just, you know, mm-hmm. and deck the halls, you know, just because it just puts you in that old merry mood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely.
2: Uh, what about favorite Christmas movie?
1: Again, yeah, it's going to be, it's like, you know, it's a wonderful life and it's gonna be the oldies i love old movies so i would probably just start listing off all the goody oldies and i have them Mm -hmm. here you know yeah yeah.
0: can't go wrong with that for sure
1: can i tell you a favorite movie too that nobody it's um i'm I'm not sure if it's happened on sixth avenue it's something on sixth avenue and it's an old movie about this hobo that invites all these people in for christmas during the depression or no it's after the war and Mm -hmm. it is it's a classic. It's really good. Yeah. Now, I think- now i my mind's gonna start going all these other ones, but I won't drag them <laughs> all. <laughs> uh, yeah. I
0: think I've heard of this. It happened on Fifth Avenue. Is that it?
1: No, I think it's Sixth Avenue. It, this guy sneaks into a mansion, and then he ends up inviting all these other people that are kind of don't have places to live after the war because there's a housing shortage. Uh uh-huh. And it's it just gets cuter and funnier and oh. it's just relationships and yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah.
0: That's fun. Uh, so, do you have a favorite holiday tradition that, like putting up lights or decorating a tree or giving gifts? What's your favorite thing to do?
1: Well, I love putting up a tree. I love, I, we usually go out and get one and get one as tall as the house can handle. And, and then I like to just let it sit for a few days without any lights or anything. And then I'll put the lights on, you know, and it'll have the lights for just a few days. And then finally, I'll you know, decorate it. And then I also, I love giving gifts too, but you know what? It gets harder and harder. People I know just, It's just not the same as it used to be. I used to love it a lot more. Now it's a little, people have expectations or they don't want something or, you know, it's just it's not as much fun. Well, I guess ha- I should go. Find- it's, yeah.
0: It's harder for adults because they can, most of us can get what we,
1: mm-hmm. what we
0: want. And so how do you surprise them? How do you uh, do something meaningful and, uh, uh, the uh the kids it's so much it's so much fun i mean christmas in general is way better with kids it is <laughs> it's
1: That's I mean, just I have a is. little grand so he's he's not two yet and this will be a lot more fun than last year mm-hmm. so. then yeah. i always have a teenager and the teenager oh, it's really hard <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> definitely
2: oh. Um, do you have a memorable Christmas gift that you've received or that you've given?
1: Okay. One? Like, yes. And you guys aren't going to believe this. I was nine months old. It was my first Christmas and my husband was born on that day.
0: No way. That's yep. funny. <laughs> <laughs> so he's a Christmas, uh, Christmas baby, huh? Say so he was God's Christmas gift to me. Oh, that's very
1: sweet.
0: <laughs> Thank you.
1: My parents so- had a child marriage, and I think God knew I was going to need a good man.
0: <laughs> That's great. So do you guys have, like, birthday cake on Christmas?
1: We do, and he's, he is is really Christmas day, too. So, um, we you know, when my kids were little, I would just do the whole turkey thing and stuff. And finally, one day, my kids were pretty much grown, and he said, you know, I, I really don't like turkey on Christmas. <laughs> I'm like, oh told me <laughs> you're like it's, <laughs> it's your birthday too <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i said what do you like he said lasagna ah, so it, it, the last 20 some odd years it's been christmas lasagna birthday lasagna and we usually invite a few friends over it usually ends up being more neighborhood and um and then he usually he likes carrot cake with um cream cheese frosting so that's nice. kind of our, that's been our christmas day tradition yeah that's great. That's great. I and mean, awesome. you can make that ahead of
0: time. So that's nice.
1: Yeah. It was difficult though when I had one son who was a vegetarian. So I had to make a vegetarian
0: lasagna. Oh I... yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, all right. Wow. So which is your favorite Scrooge or the Grinch?
1: Uh, I'm old fashioned, old school. The Scrooge. Those old Scrooge movies get me.
0: Mm-hmm. Very
1: good. Go. Uh, clear lights or colored lights? Clear.
0: Okay, good. Uh, would you rather be in a snowball fight or build a snowman?
1: Build a snowman. <laughs> <laughs> Kid, I would have gone for the snowball fight because I was pretty feisty. But now I'd want to get creative with the snowman and, you know, make it into something really unusual. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm artist-streaking.
2: Are you a good gift wrapper?
1: If I have enough time, I am a pretty good gift wrapper because – um. My mom, when she was young, had worked at um, a store as a gift wrapper. So she taught us as children how to do good gift wrapping. And so I, I know the technique. I'm pretty good at that. But then I also like to take things like a little bit of evergreen and a little bit of this and that. And if it's for somebody special, you know, I yeah. won't do it for those okay. people that just come <laughs> those, yeah. those ones, no, I don't wrap so carefully. Because if it's a kid, it's like, they don't care. They're just going to tear yeah. it. Yeah,
2: yeah,
0: yeah. You could just get like, door the Explorer wrapping paper, and they don't all go right. <laughs> they're
2: good
0: <laughs> uh, all right, last question you do you have an ugly Christmas sweater, and what is your ugliest sweater?
1: You know, I used to, but I don't have it anymore. Um, I probably have some ugly sweaters <laughs> <laughs> don't have it's not Christmas
0: to- variety, yeah huh? no. that's funny, well, very good. You passed the test. <laughs> can <laughs> keep writing writing great books so thank you so much for coming and talking with us we really appreciate it and we'll have all of the information people can get the new book the christmas swap uh, in the description section so make sure everybody check that out and uh melody where can are you on uh social media or anything like that
1: yeah i i have facebook i'm i'm not the greatest at social media i'm not that techie uh-huh. i should but a part of me kind of rebels against it too just because I see it, you know, eating up people that I love's time and I'm yeah. like mm-hmm. oh, guys back off. But um my website's melodycarlson.com and it's it's outdated. <laughs> but it has my books on it. I mean it's okay. just it so people laugh at it and I get emails from people saying, We can help you with your website. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well we'll have that in the description section people follow you. And, uh, Jess, where can people follow you?
2: You can follow me at Jess BSW blog on Instagram and Twitter, or check out my website, beneathstillwaters.com.
0: Great. And you can find me at Rachel's reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. Check that out and make sure you're following the podcast the Homeworkies Pod, Homeworkies Podcast all over, all over social media. And uh, if you're listening on iTunes, please leave us your ratings and reviews. We really appreciate that. And if you are watching on YouTube, please uh, like this video and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have our merch store and our patron group, all that information is in the description section. So thanks again, Melody. We really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we'll get to talk to you another time uh, soon. So thanks a lot and Merry Christmas, everybody. (laughs) Bye.
2: (laughs) Bye.